It is a very beautiful day here in sunny Boca Raton, Florida, and I have the pleasure of having this guest right across from me today. He is the events coordinator for the Misfits Gaming Group based out of Boca Raton, Florida. Having done undergrad at Emerson College in Boston, he majored in sports communication, and his love and his passion for the esports industry has just blown him up with so many awesome opportunities that I knew I had to get him on the show. And he's just such an awesome guy in general. He really knows his stuff, and you're going to love him as much as I do by the end of the episode. So without further ado, please welcome today's guest, Mr. Ethan Schwartz. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Danny. Hello. Uh, thank you for having me on the pod and everything. Of course. Uh, yeah, let's talk about esports stuff, opportunities, and what this whole industry is that I'm in. Because yeah. not many people know about it, you know? Maybe they That's... just think it's just video games, or they think it's just nerds playing games until 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, yeah. drinking all kinds of energy drinks and chips, but it's not that. It's, it's something completely different. That's why I knew I needed to have you on the show. And so because of your expertise and knowledge and the fact that we might be able to brush up some stuff about the esports industry that seem are like not stigmatized, but it seems like that, I don't know, you're right, it has its stereotypes. And so hopefully we can debunk some of them today. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, let's start with your gaming history, Mr. Schwartz. Mm -hmm. How did it all start for you? Start for me. I've always just been a gamer, playing like PC games, Toontown, Club Penguin when I was younger and everything, you know, elementary, <laughs> classic and stuff. And then like I got an Xbox 360 and the first game I played on that was Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, as I'm sure many other people's first console game was either that or something like a Madden or maybe an NBA 2K or something. But COD was like my go-to. When I was in fifth grade, all my friends played the Xbox and I didn't even know what it was until like April of whatever year when I was in fifth grade <laughs> and all my friends just wanted to play Modern Warfare 2 and they're like hey you should get an Xbox I'm like cool how much is it they're like it's 300 bucks I'm like 300 bucks I don't have 300 bucks <laughs> and so I made a deal with my parents and they were like all right look get good grades for the rest of the semester whatever money you do have and we'll basically just split it and I did that with my brother and my dad and we went to GameStop one night and got an Xbox and I set it all up like that night and the next day into the weekend and everything and it just never stopped I just wanted to play video games all day every day I guess you could say I was addicted. I, I don't think there's an addiction in video games or esports or anything like that. I disagree with that concept entirely, but that's pretty much where it started. And just throughout middle school and throughout high school, I just played all kinds of games from console games to PC games, everything from first person shooters to third person shooters to Minecraft to building type games to other types of just varieties of genres, I guess I could say. So we know that Modern Warfare 2 was your first. What were some of your favorite games growing up though? Favorite games, ooh. You know, I'd have to say Minecraft, 100%. I, I grew up with different, I guess, types of games, some that are more basic, some that are more rowdy, like, you know, your Grand Theft Autos and your Call of Duties and stuff, things that aren't really appropriate, appropriate for, for young kids. Correct. Uh, I still played it nonetheless, and I still had a good time and had fun with friends and everything. <laughs> um, so I'd say, like, you know, those types of games, Minecraft, Pokemon as well. I'm still a big Goats. Pokemon head. I, I, love, I love it as much as it is childish. I, Wait, I think what, it's fantastic. what was your first Pokemon game? Pokemon Sapphire. Okay. Gen 3. I was about to say, because my first was Ruby. Mm -hmm. And I played it with Avi, our cousin, or your brother, I guess. That's right. Um, For everyone who doesn't know, Ethan Schwartz is actually my cousin. Yeah. So even though this is in February or March, it's uh, right now, this is the day after Thanksgiving. So actually, we were here last night, and mm -hmm. we had a great time. I'm still full. <laughs> Ugh, dude, I'm barely awake from the food coma still. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, you were saying? Yeah, so I played Sapphire, and Avi played Ruby, or Emerald, I think, when Emerald came out. Yeah. Which was like the third game of that series and everything. We were in our, my room, playing all day and all night, just going back and forth, trading Pokemon and 
battling each other and having fun. Amazing. So. Sounds very fun. And so when you went into college, you were born in Boca, right? I was born here, yeah. Okay, got it. So you've lived here all your life, and then you decided to go to Boston for college. Mm-hmm. And eventually you found a way to add gaming into your major. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so with my major being sports communications, obviously you have the traditional sports route of your NBA basketball, your NFL football, your NHL hockey all those types of traditional sports and everything. And I was interested in that. And I wanted to work for the Miami Heat or for, you know, the Boston Red Sox or the Patriots or something like that, Mm -hmm. right? Just because those are like the premier teams. And that's what I grew up watching. I grew up in the LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Miami Heat, 2010 to 2012 type of era. You know, I'm like, oh my God, this is fantastic. I want to live in this. I want to work in this. I want to be in this type of environment constantly. And so that's just what directed me to be in sports communications, basically. And when I had the opportunity to, since I was always, I'm, I've always been a gamer, even throughout college, throughout high school, everything, there was an opportunity where I took an esports class and it fell under one of the requirements for whatever like criteria I needed to like graduate or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, might as well take it, you know, might as well. And it ended up being such a great idea because this was a uh, spring 2018 when I was, it was my first year as a sophomore because I graduated a semester early. So I went from one year or one semester freshman to sophomore like immediately. And you got a big shot over here. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it turned out to be a really great thing for me because I met uh, the professor of the class who I have to give credit for. His name is Kevin Mitchell. This is a guy who I can tell you, he used to be Shaquille O'Neal's manager. Oh, when Shaq did music. <laughs> Wait, was this the rapping career? This was Shaq's rapping career. Oh, this co- is the guy that helped him get into it and help him progress through no it. No way. This was the guy. I feel like a bunch of people forgot that he had a yeah, rapping career. people forget. Because now he's a huge DJ, DJ Diesel, but I think people forgot that he attempted to rap. Mm-hmm. But and so he made like albums and EPs and everything. And so my professor now, Kevin Mitchell, he was his manager. And in, I forget, I don't know the song. I always forget and I can never find it. But in one of the music videos, he was in it and he was smoking like a cigar and everything. <laughs> And it was fantastic. And he showed the class this because like when he when he introduced himself, you know, it's tough when you're a professor to be like, hey, I'm your esports professor. Mm -hmm. What the hell does that mean? No one knows what that means. Right. Are you someone that just teaches me what video games are? Are you teaching me what the industry is? I don't understand. So when he was telling the class in the first or second day, he told us all about him and how he was like in the music industry. And then everything with the esports stuff happens like years and years later in like the 2010s and everything Mm -hmm. and then in like 2016 2017 when he was working for national amusements which owns a bunch of like amc theaters and everything Mm -hmm. back this is all before covid when theaters were people actually went to theaters he was like well what is this esports stuff and he investigated and like looked into it and he ended up being one of the first people to really bring esports titles and championships and just like viewing experiences to theaters and so that's where that all started Really? Yeah. And so he convinced all of his bosses to go forward with this. Did they have like gaming tournaments in the movie theaters? In some they did. But what he focused on was if it was, let's say you had a theater in in the United States Mm -hmm. and there was a championship match going on in Europe and it was being live streamed. They would put that live stream in the theater. Oh, it'd be all legal okay. and everything. They get all the permits and whatever it is, you know, the okay. copyright licenses. So it's like, for example, during the Stanley Cup, when the other team is away, they still show the game at the stadium, but Think just like, like on that, the Jumbotron. Yeah. Okay. That's a good comparison. Yeah. All right. Got it. Dang, that sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah. And so what I learned in that class was just all your basic esports type stuff, all about the industry, where it's just like, how do you make money in this? What exactly are esports organizations and teams? Who are these influencers and players that live stream on these platforms that somehow mm-hmm. generate, you know, thousands mm-hmm. to millions of viewers, you know, every concurrent month and year and, and everything. 
And what was fascinating about it to me is that this is just this brand new industry that no one's really tapped into yet. And you can see now in 2021 how different it was from when I was taking a class in 2018, where you had Fortnite was big at the time, and you had the Fortnite World Cup going on, and that was in the Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York and everything, and no one really knew where it was going to go to next. Next thing you know, they have concerts on there from both Travis Scott and Ariana Grande. Yeah, and now you have all these gigantic, gigantic influencers and musicians and all types of stuff being in these video games and all types of modern, I guess, entities. Like, for example, Call of Duty just had, like, Scream as, like, a skin that you could oh, purchase okay. in, in the game. This was a few months ago uh, so for Halloween. Let me guess. Do you get, like, extra XP with knife kills or something like that? No, but what you do is you get to dress up basically as Scream as your character and run around and kill people, and you can scare the hell out of people. Okay, I was yeah. going to say that would have worked. Speaking of huge influencers and big um, entities in, in the esports industry, I just thought of something really terrible. Um, since Travis Scott did his concert on Fortnite based on the Astro World Tour, he might have to do the rest of his concert on Fortnite. <laughs> I don't think Fortnite's going to allow him back. No, they, they removed all his stuff. They cut ties. Really? Completely. Actually, I'm not surprised because actually I read somewhere that like a lot of people are dropping him. It kind of sucks because he was so up there. But what happens when you fly too close to the sun? You fall straight down to earth. Last thing I saw was like he had like a $2 billion, like in total, $2 billion lawsuit. in lawsuits. Got to go to Kylie Jenner and be like, hey, babe, can you, uh, can you pay for my lawsuit? Thanks. But, That's a good idea. <laughs> so I know that you're the events coordinator for the Misfits Gaming Group right now, mm -hmm. but um, what are some other experiences that you had in college that kind of led up to where you are today? So one of the craziest experiences was a nine-month period between summer 2019 and February 2020, all before COVID. Just, remember, COVID just hit. Literally before. just before COVID. Uh, so here's the story with this. So I start working at Harvard University as an uh, athletic communications like intern uh, wow. for the summer. Wait, Harvard? Damn, this kid is yeah, talented. Harvard University. Huge. I know, right? Ivy League. So I worked in this position for about like two to three months over the summer. And it was an internship and it was fun. I had a good time with it. But I was bored. <laughs> Believe it or not, I was bored. How could I be bored working for an Ivy League sports team? I mean, uh, come on. Yeah. Exactly. It's, 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 not like, it's, it's not like it's Alabama or UCF. Once you said sports league after Ivy League, that's when everyone's like, oh. Yeah. In fact, I don't think you know this, but I think it was Tommy Lee Jones. He actually played football at Harvard. Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah, the actor. I He played football at one, at an Ivy League school. I know that really? for a fact. Mm -hmm. I know that was just a random fact. But anyway, go ahead. So That's sports internship, wow. right? <laughs> I mean, Gerald Ford actually won the president of the United States. He played center at Michigan. That's crazy. Right? Wow. I know. <laughs> That's actually really cool. But yeah, so I had the, the Harvard gig and that was fun. So I just learned a lot about traditional sports because I come from that traditional sports background that, you know, oh, I talked about before. And I was just kind of bored with it. And so one day I had to choose my classes over the summer for the next semester. And one of the options was esports events, just straight up esports events. And it was with Kevin Mitchell again. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I had this guy like on LinkedIn and I think I had his email. So I, I emailed him after I like signed up and everything. I'm like, hey, I'm joining back in your class. Great to connect with you again. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Cool. And so we get into the class. And so with esports events classes, this was like, you needed to actually do work. And this is something that in college, not many people do is actually doing work. Correct. And, you know, making that opportunity for yourself. So in the second or third week, the class was presented with three options for events that they were going to hypothetically put on. So it wasn't official that, that we would actually do these, but it was kind of just building out what event planning looks like from mm -hmm. an actual, if it were to happen type standpoint. Got it. And so the three options 
were creating a tournament alongside the Boston Uprising Overwatch team, which is owned by the same people who own the Patriots, Robert Kraft, and all that. <laughs> the Kraft group owns this team. Um, you put on an Overwatch tournament along with the Boston Uprising, and it'd just be like this 6v6 tournament that would take place at like Patriot Place in the uh, New England Stadium okay. in Foxborough. Nice. And so that was option one. How far is Foxborough from Boston proper? I think it's like 35, 45 minutes out. I okay. Think. And probably like an hour and a half due to like traffic on game yeah, days and game days I, I i never went myself when i was in boston just because i didn't want to deal with the travel and yeah. the tickets were expensive oh yeah you know, this is around the time when like the patriots were like you know in the super bowl tom brady and Correct. gronk and edelman you know it's not like the dolphins and the panthers down here during that time where you know you could get a ticket for like ten dollars and you know you get yeah. that with a beer for mm-hmm. example exactly and so this was around the time when like the eagles when, when the eagles beat the patriots mm-hmm. in the super bowl i was there <laughs> You know, in my dorm watching the game with all of like my, you know, New England friends and they were all freaking out and dropping F bombs and shit and saying, I hate Nick Foles and all this stuff, you know. Uh, I would have been really happy there. <laughs> yeah. There was there were some people not from New England, some from Philadelphia that were just freaking out. They didn't come to class the next day. One guy showed up, he was drunk out of his ass in one of my classes the following day. This happened on a Sunday, right? So or it was Monday, whatever. The next day he comes he was so drunk. He didn't sleep. And even the teacher was like, You should go home. You should you shouldn't be here right now. It was, I don't know, I thought it was hysterical. He's a good friend of mine. Oh, that's great. Um, and so the second option was putting on a Madden tournament. And then option, and that was directly working with EA, the publisher behind Madden and everything. I forget where that would take place. Funny mm-hmm. enough, since I live in Orlando, EA actually has a, one of their... HQ there. That's right. Yeah. I applied to work there. Me too. I didn't get a response. Neither did I. Oh my gosh. <laughs> EA, what are you doing? <laughs> right? And I was a game design major back at school, so yeah, yeah I feel you on that. Yeah. But anyway, you were saying? So that was option two. And then option number three was working with the Grammys oh? at Sony Music headquarters in New York City to put on a gaming charity live stream. Oh, and so, do musicians game? Oh, believe it or not, they do. They really do. And I'll get into that. So with the three options, the class was split because the way this class worked is that you already had esports kids because at Emerson College, where I went to school, you had an esports club. Um, it was just called Emerson Esports. And some of the students that were in the class immediately went to go do the Overwatch thing because they wanted to work with Overwatch. They wanted to work with, you know, Activision Blizzard, Robert Kraft, all that stuff. And they're in some deep shit right now. And we could talk about Activision Blizzard. I, could, I, I got some stories of that, too. Um, but so they wanted to do that. And then there was the people in the class that really just were there just to get the easy A. Because this isn't, it's not supposed to be a difficult class. Esports is not difficult to, to, to master, to follow, to anything, right? You do the work, you get out, it's done, whatever, easy A. So you had some of those kids, they went to do Madden because that's what they knew. They knew Madden. They didn't really know Overwatch or they didn't know anything else. Mm-hmm. And so that left me where it's like, yeah, I like esports stuff. I've never really played Madden. I've, I've played Overwatch. I like Overwatch. But this Grammy thing, charity live stream in Sony Music headquarters in New York, no one rose their hand for that. No one. For real. No one. And so, the class went silent when uh, the professor Kevin was like, who wants this? One, two, three. No one rose their hand. So I was like, I'll do it. And Take it t- an initiative. And I, love it, it. I just took the initiative and it ended up being the best possible opportunity because the other two events never happened. They really just planned them and nothing went to fruition. The Overwatch team didn't want to do it anymore. EA never responded to actually filling out the event and actually doing it. But then the Sony and Grammy thing, we forced it to happen because I actually wanted this to happen because I realized to myself, when am I ever going to go to Sony Music Headquarters in New York and, and be welcomed there to do something? When am I ever going to work with <laughs> The Grammys again. When am I going to work with any other gaming organization? I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to do it. And so, fake it till you make it. I took, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Fake it till you make it. And so, I took that opportunity. And what it, it ended up being so good because I got to work with a bunch of players from the Grammys 
from the Grammy Music Education Coalition, which is like their charity component. I work with all the people from there. I directly emailed multiple times like a VP from the Grammys, a VP of like something extremely important, like some guy that like you could look up and be like, holy shit, it's that guy. Hmm. I forget his name. <laughs> I don't remember. But he was like super important. He took a huge liking to me and everything. and It was super cool. And then I talked a lot with people from Sony Music directly. These guys who they didn't really know what they were doing, but they knew that they had talent, like their musicians, that wanted to get involved with esports and wanted to get involved with gaming, something gaming related. That's all they cared about. Really? Because it was something that was so new with the rise of Fortnite and all this stuff. People knew that this was like the next generation. This is like the next step. Just like how if you were to look at cryptocurrency and NFTs, that wasn't <laughs> that big in like 2019, right? In 2018, yeah. 2019. It's blowing up right it's now. It's huge right now, but it wasn't back then. Yeah. Esports was blowing up then, but it's huge right now. Same thing, right? So that's a good, I guess, comparison you can make it to. And so for the the event happened, I think, November 13 in 2021. And so the rest of my class that ended up working with this, there was only like four other students. One didn't really care. One was like good at like graphics and making like designs and everything. So we put him on like building all the graphic assets and everything for making it look presentable. Correct. Because it was going to be a live stream, but we had to pitch it again to the Grammys and to Sony Music to say, yeah, we actually want to go through with this. And so he was useful for that. There was one that was useful for just talking with people and just being very communicative and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he was that. And so I kind of just coordinated all them and kind of led the team. You were the puppet the master. I was the puppet master. I had the strings <laughs> and everything. And so it gets around the time where we're figuring out a game plan and we're going from all types of things. And we have a connection with an esports organization called FaZe Clan. And FaZe Clan is known for doing, you know, a bunch of crazy shit out in LA and everything. They have a lot of sponsors. They're tied to a lot of people, you know, a lot of money involved. They're one of the bigger names in the esports industry. And I guess in like the pop culture industry, I guess you could, you could go up to like any kid, you know, kind of our age and be like, hey, do you know what FaZe Clan is? And they'll say, you know what? I think I've heard of that. I think I know what it is. Really? This is my first time hearing them. Yeah. So they're, I mean, if you talk to people my age or, you know, my brother's age, if you're, you know, anywhere between 16 or maybe even 15 to 20, mm -hmm. you've probably heard of FaZe Clan, okay. most likely. And I'm so, turning 20, 27 soon, so I'm an old fuck. I'm turning 23 in April. Yeah, so. yeah. We're, we're old. What you're, are you talking about? You're younger and more and better looking than I am. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm you're pretty good looking. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'm doing my best not to look like a crypt keeper. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, so we were working with FaZe Clan, and so here was what the actual game plan was, what happened for November 13th. So as we're building this out, from Sony Music's side of things, we have the Chainsmokers. Do you know who the Chainsmokers are? Of course are? I do. Wait, they're gamers? So we have Drew Goddard, okay. Goddard uh, from the Chainsmokers. He's a huge Fortnite fan. Hmm. And so we were like, oh my gosh, he's a Fortnite fan. Let's get him to play Fortnite on this charity event and he's gonna do it. The issue is that he was in Milwaukee that night, so he couldn't be there in New York. Oh. He was in Milwaukee that night for a concert. Mm -hmm. So we did our charity live stream specifically two hours before the concert starts. So we started our thing at like six and his concert started at eight. So from six to seven or six to like 6.45, his manager gave us the okay and she was like not happy with it at all. <laughs> I bet. Uh, she talked directly to me. She was like, look, you gotta get him out of there like 6.45, 6.50 or I'm cutting this thing off. And I'm like. All right, bet, cool. Ooh, okay. And so he was playing Fortnite with one of FaZe Clan's members, FaZe Clan's Nate Hill, who was, I think, not recently signed, but he's from, like, the New Jersey area. So we got him an Uber, and we drove him uh, into, like, Manhattan. Wait, drove into Manhattan? Yeah. What did that take, he like, two hours? Outside. It took, like, an hour. Uh, right. And for a normal, like, 10 to 15-minute drive from, like, New Jersey, mm -hmm. it took him, like, an hour to get here. It was ridiculous. And this was, like, peak. It was, like, a Thursday night, though. So it's, the traffic wasn't too bad, but it was still annoying. Yeah. So we drove him in, and I met him and hung out with him. He was a cool guy and everything. 
really cool, interesting story here. The people that we had in Milwaukee to make sure that all the live stream was set up and all the gaming was good and all the audio was good, we contacted like a local LAN center, which okay. is like a center where video games can like be played at any time. Mm -hmm. And it's just directly, people can come in, pay a little bit of money and play video games for like an hour or two hours or three hours, whatever. Mm -hmm. So we contacted them. We're like, hey, we need you down at this Milwaukee stadium, Milwaukee Bucks stadium. I forget, I don't know what it's called. You're going to work with the chain smokers and we're not going to pay you but we'll advertise your business and everything. Cool. The guy who ran that knew FaZe Clan Nate Hill from when they played League of Legends together. <laughs> and so I'm talking to Nate Hill and I'm saying like this other guy's name and Nate's like, wait, I know that name. And I'm like, you, you know this guy's name? And he's like, yeah, 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 wait, put me on the phone with him. And so it turns out that they've played League together for like years before Nate Hill blew up and became this big celebrity or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so they knew each other. They just played games back and forth with each other. That's such a small world moment where right. some random pe person in Milwaukee running a land center knows FaZe Clan's Nate Hill playing League of Legends together, right? That's the power of gaming right there, it's, honestly. It's the beauty of gaming, yeah. just bringing people together mm -hmm. in like unconventional ways. And so we had the Chainsmokers involved. From the Grammy side of things, and also I guess Sony Music, we had Joyner Lucas involved. Do you know who Joyner Lucas is? Sounds familiar. He's the guy who made the song uh, I'm Not Racist with, oh. the, with the big music video I and did, everything. I never ever heard seen that? that. No, but I got to go check it out after this. Yeah, you definitely got to check it out. <laughs> and so he, for the charity component, he auctioned off the red like MAGA hat that was worn in that music video. And this oh. music video has, I think, like hundreds of, I guess, millions of views at this point. It's got to be in the at least tens of thousands or millions of views. So it was worth something. Then. It was definitely worth something. And so it was auctioned off and everything. And this guy, Joyner, man, he is like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He's a big dude. He is tall. And he was really nice to me and everything. And he hung out with us and everything. And then we had some people from like the Grammys involved and everything in there. And I'm there trying to set up all the live stream stuff and making sure everything's working and everything with like another person and everything. And so I'm working with the Chainsmokers. I'm working with Joyner Lucas, the Grammys, Sony Music, FaZe Clan, trying to get all this work and everything. I'm just a 20-year-old at this time. Yeah, what year in college were you? I was, um, I was a junior. I was 20 years old. And yet... And remember, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was just thinking, all right, if I'm, this, if I'm actually really doing this, I need to do it my way. And so I did everything as much as I could my way. And the stream went decently. It wasn't perfect. But then again, I didn't run the stream. I just ran the people. Correct. I made sure everything and was, it was your first. And it was your first event. It yeah. was my first event. And so it was still successful because it happened and it was all good and everything. And it was still the only event that actually happened out of the three events in total, you know, from everything. And so that got me just super inspired because I would talk with Kevin and all, you know, about this all the time and just making sure, you know, career wise, is this the right fit for me? Is this what I want to do? And so... What that led to was working at the College Esports Expo, which mm -hmm. turned out to be the biggest collegiate esports conference in the entire world, something that I was the student chairman of. And so that Look happened in Boston, February 26, 2020. This was literally two weeks before COVID shut down everything was when the event happened. Oh, I remember. In fact, it was mid-February of 2020 that I got hired at, for a full-time job. And I was like, wow, I finally have a full-time job. Then two months later, yeah, you're laid off because yeah. of COVID. And so we, we, we were even considering because we knew that COVID was a thing. Like about a week before the event happened, the first like real news broke out. And, you know, in Boston from like, you know, all this, all the news sources and everything. What is the coronavirus and everything? Right. Mm -hmm. And so my boss, who's very skeptical of like these types of things, I wasn't skeptical at all. I wanted to do this event. Mm -hmm. I knew it was going to be successful. I knew everything. I knew this would be like a launching pad for something because of how big of traction it got in the collegiate esports world. Huge. We tied it with PAX East, okay. which is a big convention with mm -hmm. thousands of people flooding into the city of Boston that weekend. And so we purposely held our event a few days before so we could get guests and we could get speakers to come in. Okay. And we ended up having about 50 speakers from 45 different companies oh, wow. uh, speaking on panels. 
never been seen before in the esports world. And so that was really cool. And, and, you, so, and you led all that. And I led all that. And I made sure everybody was happy and everything. And they, everyone went home happy. And they all got their I'm piece so, in about certain things and different panel topics and everything. I'm so proud of you, Ethan. Thank you, Danny. For real. This is, this is so fucking uh -huh. awesome. And so with this coronavirus stuff, you know, Kevin was like, we shouldn't do the event. We should cancel. And I'm like, fuck you. We're not canceling. <laughs> I literally was like, no, we are not canceling this shit. Because I knew it was going to be successful. And it ended up being very successful. We have video footage of it all and all the panels and everything and the audio and all that. And it turned out to be super successful because the people I personally invited helped me land my job with Misfits Gaming Group. And those guys were uh, Matthew Benson and, oh my God, what's his name? Patrick Klein of eFuse. And eFuse is basically, think of LinkedIn, okay. but then think of eSports LinkedIn. Oh, so it's specifically for, okay, for okay. gamers. It's, that it's niche. LinkedIn for gamers. It's like that specific niche where like your people like me and younger people in high school and college that are like, all right, I want to work in esports. I want to work in gaming. But I don't know where to start. I don't know so. where to start. What do I do? This is like the platform that does that. And so I, uh, Matthew is the CEO and Patrick is the uh, strategy officer. And so I invited them. And yeah, so they helped me get into it because they were like, hey, Ethan, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm from Bogartone, Florida. And these are like, you know, not they're not older guys. Matthew's only like a year or two older than me. Okay. Um, but he's like a CEO of this company because he like has he's a visionary, basically. <laughs> and so he's like or self-claimed, yeah, self-claimed. Yeah, no, he's a good guy. Awesome. And so Patrick was like, oh, Boca Raton. Oh, do you know what Misfits Gaming is? I'm like, you know, I've heard of it. I don't know too much about it. But like, you know, that their HQ, their headquarters is now in Boca Raton. Right. I'm like, you know, I did read that is that that was previously announced like a month prior from Boca. And I think like someone sent that to me from like who, who still lived down here mm -hmm. and everything because they knew I was interested in gaming and everything. And so I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. And Patrick was like, yeah, I'm friends with the lead partnership guy, guy mm -hmm. named Justin Stefanovich, who's our like now v or EVP of partnerships and sales uh, at the company. And he was like, do you want me to contact him for you and be like, hey, are you looking for an internship? Are you looking for a job? Are you looking for something to do over the summer? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, if you, if, yeah, it'd be great, honestly. And he's like, okay, cool. Give me a few days. I'm going to email Justin and put you in a chain with him. And I'm like, okay, cool. What's your email? And so I gave him my email. I have his phone number and contact info and everything. We have like a group chat. You know, we occasionally text each other every few months or whatever, just, you know, catch up and everything. Nice. But, you know, right now we work with the eFuse. We have a partnership. We have a deal with them. So it's pretty cool. It's all awesome. really small world and everything. And so a few months later, this was COVID hits and I have to go home. This was during spring break because our event was the week leading to spring break. Oh, and so okay. I'm like, okay, I need this event to happen. I need it to go well and everything. And so it does. Oh, because it's so, a collegiate thing too. So everyone's gonna yeah, so everyone's smart. Everyone's gonna be home. And so I then fly back to Florida, and uh, you know I'm email, emailing back and forth to Justin and everything. And then I get him on the phone just to have like a brief twenty to thirty minute call. And he's like, I'm telling him about myself and everything, what I do, and how I know Patrick and all that. And he's like, Okay, well that's that, that's great. That's great. You know what? Send me a resume. We don't need you for anything right now. But if we do, we'll give you a call and we'll let you know. Awesome. Cool. That's all I wanted. And so. Time goes on. The event, you know, is over and everything. I'm still relishing in it on like LinkedIn and everything. And I'm posting about it. And, you know, I was invited to another like uh, interview or whatever to go speak uh, about it and everything with another guy who ended up working for eFuse many months later. All small world stuff. It's all connected. Uh, it's all connected. It really is. And uh, I get a call, I think, in May, just at, not even an email. I just get a call from Justin out of nowhere. And I guess like the early COVID times, even now, I guess, Call of Duty Warzone was a big deal, mm -hmm. you know, and that's like the Call of Duty Battle Royale. Yep. That was the big thing that everyone was in. And so I get a call from Justin as I'm playing Warzone <laughs> and I'm like, shit, uh, I don't know why I did controller movements. I, I play keyboard and mouse. Um, <laughs> and so I get a call from Justin out of nowhere. And I see like on my phone, 
call from Justin Stefanovich and it's right here and I'm like playing and I'm like in like the last zone, right? Mm -hmm. And there's like me and like three other people. We're all playing and everything. And I end up winning the game as I like turn it on speaker. I have it like as close as I can. I get close to the desk and everything. And I'm like talking with Justin. I'm like, yeah, hey, hey, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm playing and shit. And I'm like shooting people in the game and everything. And you know, teabagging of course. And so I end up winning the game. But then I pick up the phone. I turn off everything on my computer and I just actually get on. The, you know, I'm actually serious about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I was kind of more distant. So that's just something funny. I was playing a game as I get a call from a future, you know, employer. Exactly. And he's like, yeah, so hey, we need you. Are, are you interested in an internship for the summer? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. What am I doing? And he's like, you'll be a partnerships uh, coordinator. And so you'll work with me and you'll work with partnerships and sales and all of our team to work on deliverables for partners and learn all about, you know, the esports side of where the money comes from and everything. And so I ended up doing that for the summer. And it was a great experience. Fantastic experience. And... And the best part is you were home, so it's not like you had to, like, schlep anywhere. And the best part, it was COVID hit, and while our HQ was here in Boca, it wasn't open. So no one could even go into the HQ. Hmm. And so I was just here in, in Boca kind of just being like, hey, if you need me to go in for any reason, I'm here. You yeah. know, I will get the coronavirus to keep this job. No, I'm kidding. I want to say that. <laughs> but it ended up being so great because I learned all about not just from, like, what esports is, but also, like, where the money comes from and how it works and why from a business component, it's either feasible or not feasible and how it makes sense and how it doesn't make sense. And so that was really important to me because I was really good at it and I was just progressively learning and I would look up different topics of just what I needed to know for certain types of you know business plans or spreadsheets or anything like that. I just wanted to learn everything because this was my time where I'm like, hey, I'm working for a tier one esports organization from the business side of things, not like the gaming side of things. I'm working from like, I'm talking to Red Bull. I'm talking to the Miami Heat. I'm talking to all of our partners where our chair companies, I'm talking to our headset companies, I'm talking to our PC companies. I'm attached to all these emails. You know, I'm talking to all the leagues that we're in, Activision Blizzard, Riot Games, all these crazy, huge, ginormous publishers. You know, I'm just on these email chains. I'm just like, what the hell am I doing here? I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm figuring it out along the way. And, you know, I'm, I'm being as helpful as I can, talking with everybody, whether you're an EVP, a VP, someone at my level, someone even below me, whether you're a graphics guy, whether you're, you know, someone from one of the teams that's, you know, doesn't really directly work with Misfits, but also works with one of our co, you know, teams, the Florida Mutineers and Florida Mayhem, Overwatch and Call of Duty teams. I was just doing everything I could. And I wanted Sounds to... Sounds like a full plate. I wanted to make it super fun for myself and super challenging for myself. I wanted to do that work. You're a challenge kind of guy? Yeah. I'm like a, if I see an opportunity, I'm like running through that opportunity. I'm grabbing it and taking it like a football man. Taking like Derrick Henry, just straight to the end zone. Straight to the end zone. Straight to the end zone. And so that's what I did. And so the summer internship was over and I was like, Hey, COVID is still a thing. I'm not going back to school in Boston. Can I stay with you guys for the remainder of the year? I think it was like until like October or something. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what if we just keep you for the rest of the year? And I'm like, Yes, let's do that. <laughs> and so uh, I stayed with them until December, like 31 was when the contract expired and everything. And it was a paid internship. I just want to make that clear. It was a paid internship. Let's go. It was awesome. Make that and, money. And it was just, it was just great. And I didn't want to like leave. I wanted to stay because I wouldn't say I've peaked because I'm working for a tier one esports organization after working like collegiate events and everything. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen much where students can just like do something in college and then immediately jump to professional esports team bro you grinded your ass off i remember when you were going through each of those stages every time i'd come home i'd like ask you and you know you gave little brief overviews but it's just so awesome to hear about like how it's all culminating for you and it's just i'm so glad this, that all these things are happening for you mm -hmm. e i really am yeah and so then like when like i i don't even think it was like a renegotiation but i when i was saying like hey 
they asked me, like, do you want to stay with partnerships? I'm like, you know, honestly, I don't know. I want to try something new, I think. Because that's also me, right? I can't mm-hmm. stick. It's so tough for me to keep sticking to one thing without changing or, or mm-hmm. doing something more. And so I was like, all right, well, what about doing something events related? You know, that's how I kind of got my start originally. Mm-hmm. And so like, okay, cool. And so I had a meeting with the VP of events, Jake, who's my boss now, and Alonzo, uh, Benevente. And uh, they took a liking to me, and they're like, yeah, sure, let's bring them on. And so I have now a full-time job working in events since uh, late uh, January 26 of 2021. And so I've been working ever since. Freaking murdering it. Yeah. Freaking murdering it. Wow, that is quite a story you have there, Mr. Schwartz. I'll, mm-hmm. tell, you, I'll tell you that. And there's some things about um, the gaming industry that I did not know about, which, especially the part about the Grammys, like who else besides that guy from the Chainsmokers do you know is actually a pretty big gamer? Hmm. You know, there's a lot of big gamers because, you know, around this time and it was, I think, in 2018 when like Drake played Fortnite with Ninja. I remember that. And Travis Scott was there. Mm -hmm. And there was uh, that other one guy, I forget his name, was also there. Um, But remember that that took the world by storm. People were like, wait a minute. This isn't just a thing for gamers. Yeah. Other people can play video games. Who knew? Musicians play video- Drake plays Fortnite. Wait, what? He, he has a personality? He does something other than making music and posting pictures on Instagram? What? <laughs> no way. And so people who you might not even realize play video games, play video games. And they stream on Twitch, which is the world's biggest, or not in China, but the world's biggest, <laughs> uh, you know, live streaming platform mm-hmm. uh, other than YouTube. And so over COVID, this is a platform that exploded because people realized, oh, wait, I can't go out and do concerts. I can't go out and do shows. I can't do anything. I can't go out right now. It'll be bad for my image. What if I stay inside, make a Twitch account, pay someone to do production and shit for me, and just live stream a video game or just me talking or doing something? And this is just skyrocketed ever since COVID. It's ever since, like, April of 2020. And then people needed some form of entertainment to keep them entertained during lockdown. And they, so, need, they needed something. And so it's, I'm just glad that artists were able to, like, think and adapt that mm-hmm. quickly because you're right. Without any access to going outside, that was essentially how they made all their money. So it's kind of like, got to get with the times or you got to get behind. Yeah. And it's not even just artists either. It's normal people in traditional sports. You know, I mean, if you look at LeBron James's kid, Bronny, he has his own channel and he's very successful. There's multiple mixed martial artists in the UFC. There's boxers. There's all types of people in sports who have their own accounts. There's like racers. Uh, Lando Norris is a big one. Hmm. He's a big racer. You have, oh, I forget his name. It's a soccer player. I, I'm blanking out of the name. But you have so many famous athletes that when they couldn't do anything, they took their eyes to Twitch and they took their eyes to playing video games because they played games, but they didn't play because they couldn't, you know, they didn't have time to play it. Right. Mm-hmm. So now they had time. All these leagues were like, and they didn't know what to do. So like, all right, I'll just make some money on the side, you know, make a Twitch account, stream, my kids will like it, whatever, you know? And so that's what ended up happening. Huh. And so it's not even just artists, but it's like everybody can make, you know, an account and stream whether you're famous or not you know? so this sounds kind of fucked up but it sounds like covid was great for your industry oh you know i i always say it covid i benefited from covid my industry while there were hiccups and there were issues with some layoffs with some companies and everything i benefited from, and, and e, the esports industry benefited from covid because it shined a light on what we do in our business and our industry like no other 
because we were the only option for entertainment. <laughs> you had your Netflix shows, you had your Amazon Prime video, you had all that stuff, but they still needed to be in production and they weren't in production. They couldn't come out with anything new until 2021. So during 2020, we relished in it and we, we, we pushed forward with it. If you look at, for example, what Jimmy Fallon did, he worked from home and everything and he tried to attach his name to all these other gamers and stuff and be a part of like what we do in the online you know, multiverse, whatever the hell it's called, right? Mm -hmm. And we didn't like reject him, but we were just like, all right, buddy, we know what you're doing. We see what you're doing, but you, you're not us. If you any, will never be us. If anything, you should have sent a video of you laughing at him saying that just obnoxiously because, you know, that's what he does. Oh, yeah. Just you could say, like, I had turkey. <laughs> I had turkey for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Hold on. My headset just broke off. Oh, you're good. Um, yeah, just one second. Hold on. There we go. Okay. Try not to destroy the set, all right? I'm destroying your set. I'm, I apologize. So Jimmy Fallon, you don't like him? Yes, I'm just no, it's not that I don't like him. No, no, no. I, I don't, well, I, I don't. I don't like Jimmy Kimmel. I'm not. A, I'm not a Jimmy Kimmel fan yeah. because he's outspoken against what we do. He doesn't. He doesn't get it. Oh, really? Yeah. Jimmy Fallon, he's just going with the times, right? Yeah. He's friends. I know with like Ninja, and he's friends with Booga, and he's friends with all these other names and everything mm -hmm. because he, you know, that's how you get along in this business. That's how you get along in any entertainment business is just keeping friends and keeping, you know, going along with people and everything. So for that, it's like, whatever. We know that's what he's doing. For someone like Jimmy Kimmel, though, who outright is just outspoken against what we do, I don't like that. And, and I think he's a shady man. I, I don't think he gets what we do because he's an old head. He doesn't know what we do. It's fine. Whatever. He doesn't want to adapt. He doesn't to. want to adapt. It's all right. I find his joke performance mediocre at best mm -hmm. because I know for a fact he didn't write those jokes. Oh, no, he doesn't. They all have uh, writers. writers. They all have writers. Exactly. They're the personality. But um, speaking of big names in industries, you were talking about Activision and Blizzard and how you kind of worked with them. I've been hearing rumors about what's been going on, but if you can, if you want to at least, shed a light on yeah. what's been going on. So, I mean, when this goes live, things could be drastically changed over the next few months and everything. Um, but as of around Thanksgiving time, 2021, they're not in a good light. And it starts from the top being the CEO, Bobby Kotick. And while you think video games is just this industry of, you know, people wanting to play games and just have a good time and everything, it's so not just that. Because you have these publishers that want to rush out all these types of games, whether you're Call of Duty. Assassin's or, Creed or especially. Assassin's Creed, you know, Valhalla. I want to play that game. But all these, there's so much crunch that goes into these games. And they push these game developers who went through college and went through high school and went through just their careers wanting to build fantastic games, not being able to do so. And what's happened, at least at Activision Blizzard, and even at other companies like Riot Games and everything, there's just a lot of sexual harassment. And it's really? bad. It's so bad. To the point where there was one story that I saw where, uh, I forget what the event was, but a bunch of people from Activision Blizzard, they went to a hotel. Um, this, and this was like a yearly thing that they did. Mm -hmm. They went to a hotel. I forget what, what the room was called. But they had a painting, or it was a picture, a giant picture or a painting of Bill Cosby on a wall and I don't know if they would pray to it, but they would party in that same room and they hmm. would bring that painting in and out. It was a yearly thing that they did. And they would party in there and do drugs and alcohol and all types of shit, right? You know, it's normal party stuff. <laughs> yes. um, but the difference is that these were just the same guys that ended up sexually harassing many women who worked at all these companies. That's a shame. There were allegations of rape as well. It was bad. It wasn't just like, you know, touching someone's ass or playing with their hair or some shit. It was allegations of rape. Um, and it was just, it was bad. And apparently the CEO knew about it all. I don't know how, what the extent of that is. Uh, so you had, it was a trickle down effect where all of our teams with Misfits Gaming, we had a 
with Call of Duty team, the Florida Mutineers, owned by Activision Blizzard. We have a Florida Mayhem Overwatch team, owned by Activision Blizzard. And we have our League of Legends team, owned by Riot Games. Obviously, Activision is more in the spotlight now, but Riot Games is not friendly or easy to work with, you know, by any means. But it was it's a bad look on us, because if the publishers fuck up, that means we also fuck up by correlation, association. by association. And it's like, this is, this is not good for us. As team owners, we have the right to speak up and say, hey, what the fuck are you idiots doing? For you real. Know? It's like, it's, it's, it's not good it's for like business. You, you guys aren't shareholders, but it's, like, you, it's mm. like you're directly tied. We're directly tied. It's like, for example, it's a different scenario than if you were, uh, you know, that one Clippers owner. I forget his name. The Los Angeles Clippers. And, you know, you're working with the, you're an NBA team. It's not like the team itself, the Clippers owner, we're not the Clippers owner in this situation. It's like a reverse situation where we're not the ones that are racist and homophobic and all the, and, you know, sexual harassment and everything. That's not us. It would be the correlation of the NBA mm -hmm. to that. So it's flipped where our, I guess, bosses are people who run all these leagues and everything. They're in the spotlight now. And it looks bad on us. And it's not to say that the people who work in these leagues, the Overwatch League, the COD League, those people are good people. We know this. My bosses have told me and all this. The people who run these leagues, who we directly work with, they're not the ones that are doing the bad things. Not at all. At least as far as we know. It's the people who make the games. It's these game developers and publishers that think that they're like just the top dogs, top shit, because whatever they make, people will play. Right? And so... I guess as you play game or as you make games, there's a crunch, and I guess you just want to sexually harass women. I don't fucking know. But it's just so bad, and it puts the gaming industry in the worst light possible. It makes a mockery of what you do. It makes a mockery of what we do. Exactly. And so it's rough from when, if I were to talk to someone that isn't directly involved with gaming mm -hmm. in, in esports, and, they're, and I'm like, hey, yeah, I work for this team. You know, we have a Call of Duty League team. We have no watch. Wait a minute. Call of Duty? That's Activision. Uh -oh. What do you know about that? Is, what, what's the what's the deal there? I've had that happen to me before. I had that happen to me before at even one of our events that happened. There's our people. We put on live events. We put on live lands throughout 2021. The Florida Mutineers, our Call of Duty team. I work for them too because it's like an umbrella effect. And and they're like the state of Florida's. Team, We're the right? state of Florida's Call of Duty team. Got basically, it. Right. I work those events and we put on live events. We're the only team to put on multiple like lands throughout COVID throughout 2021. Thank God for Florida. Right. Yeah. Being the worst state that it is. But I've had people, like fans, come up and be like, hey, what's going on with like the company? With Are you guys getting in trouble with this? It's like, no, we're not getting in trouble. This isn't, this isn't an us thing. This is a, our publisher thing. Just because we're involved with it doesn't mean that it's us. Just is the major company that's involved with it. Correct. And I mean, if you look at Activision stock, it went from being you know, $100 a share. I think it, this, I think it was like down to 60-something around oh. this time. Oh, wow. It, it, it went down, down. All these stories, you can look into it. It's so bad. All, all, all what these people are alleging and everything, mm -hmm. it's not good. It's super bad. It's not like the company will go down you know, financially or anything. Mm -hmm. It won't. The company still drives in so much revenue every year, especially with COVID, right? Yeah. And it's going to continue to do so. Actually, now that I think about it, with Blizzard, do they still make WoW games? Yes. Really? So they don't make any new WoW games specifically. They make a lot of DLC content. Okay, got it. They make a lot of content that's in addition to what they've already published. Okay, got it. Yeah. I was about to say, I'm like, I haven't heard of a new World of Warcraft game being made in like since the 2010s. Yeah, no. Even earlier. They made WoW Classic, where they brought back all the old like NPCs and all the old abilities <laughs> and character work and everything. Mm -hmm. um, they brought that updated graphics and everything. They brought that back. They, they they made that, and I think that was released during COVID, and that was a hit for you know a few weeks and a few months and everything. But it seems like with this company, it seems like 
every few months just something new comes out about the gaming industry just being just having pieces of shit in it Right. Just the worst types of people. And then it makes people like you, who are actually stand-up guys, yeah. who are trying to get shit done mm-hmm. and make the esports industry even bigger than it already is, and mm-hmm. it's kind of crapping on your work. And so one of the worst parts, and this, when I worked with partnerships and sales for Misfits, I learned that anything that happens with publishers also can directly tie to sponsors, obviously. If you, let's say, for example, let's say you have the NBA, mm-hmm. one of their main sponsors, whatever it is. For example, I don't know, let's say one of their sponsors is McDonald's. Okay. McDonald's has the right. That'd be super ironic. Yeah, McDonald's has the yeah. <laughs> McDonald's has the right. If the NBA fucks up in a way that it doesn't like, McDonald's has the right contractually to be like, "Hey, I don't want to associate myself with you." They'll pull their sponsor. They'll pull their money. They'll pull everything, and they won't have their name tied to it. The, NBA- the same thing can happen with any type of esports sponsor. What we've seen with, let's say, the Overwatch League. This is this is actually, I think, one of the bigger ones. Um, the Overwatch League has taken a hit because of Activision Blizzard. Not even because of the Overwatch League, of anything that they've done. They haven't done anything wrong. It's the actual publisher themselves of the game that all this shit has come out and it shined a light where sponsors are like, all right, I'm done. I already don't get what I'm doing, what I'm paying for. I'm just going to pull my money out and say, whatever, have a good day. That's happened. It's unfortunate, but it, that's what happens. And that's a lot of money that teams are losing, that players are losing, that the league is losing. It's not good. And so all this stuff, it's got to be reprimanded. Something has to change. Okay. Well, that's actually one of the questions I'm going to ask you in, in the next section. But um, So I don't want to ask about it just yet. What are some other things in the gaming industry that you're not exactly a huge fan of that you would change personally? Hmm. Uh-oh, I feel like I just unleashed the floodgates. I mean, there really isn't a lot, honestly, that like I would change or have an issue with. But I guess platform-wise, if you look at the main platforms that live streamers are on because esports isn't just competitive video games i don't see it as that some people do that's that, fine that's how i see it but yeah please uh, i don't teach see, me. i see it as there's also influencers that want to play video games in you know random sporadic tournaments for money right through covid and even in 2021 probably even most likely in 2022 as well we're gonna see so many tournaments for all kinds of games that come out there's still a lot of games to come out you know just around this november time we had Call of Duty Vanguard. Mm-hmm. We had Battlefield 2042. Mm-hmm. Halo. That's right, Infinite. Gigantic three games. These are the same three titles that have been a thing since like 2009, 2008, even before then, right? Oh, yeah. So these guys have all come out with their brand new titles. And from the standings as of this moment, we have Halo at the top, we have Call of Duty, and then we have Battlefield. Which I'm super surprised because to save money on games that I know I don't have a console for, I watch the walkthroughs whenever they come out, or at least the cutscenes. And let me tell you, Call of Duty Vanguard, I really hope that multiplayer is good because that first-person campaign looked ass. Yeah. I'm a very big multiplayer guy. I always have been. I enjoy the multiplayer. But man, there's a lot of shit wrong with it. So I hope by the time that this podcast goes up, I hope it's fixed. I really (laughs) do. I really hope it's fixed. It's unlikely that it will. But I hope it is. So that means Um, that no matter what time this comes out, it'll still be relevant. (laughs) Yeah, it'll still be relevant. Halo will still be relevant because competitively, all these games battle for the top spot of what people want to watch and what people want to play. So from the watching side of things, all these sporadic tournaments that I mentioned people still want to watch them. Just because it's not the Call of Duty League or the Overwatch League doesn't mean that if it's a random tournament, no one's going to watch. Correct. No one, you know, that's not how that works. They're not going to get, like, the same amount of traffic, but, you know, if you mm-hmm. get even 100 viewers, that means that the stream, I would assume, is worth keeping up. Yeah. 
obviously you don't want a hundred you want in the tens of thousands of course i mean i'm thinking as if i were to like start streaming like tomorrow i know for a fact that even hundreds a lot you know if i even had one person look at my stuff for like five seconds Mm -hmm. i'd be like okay yeah i guess that's good because you always start small and then you you just grow as you keep doing it you know similar to anything really any type of creation like this podcasting anything yeah (laughs) so with uh with all these games and everything there's going to be lots of tournaments both at the highly competitive level, but then also at the streaming level, whether you're a Twitch live streamer or you're a YouTube live streamer or you're a Facebook slash meta gaming live streamer and everything. Um, Sorry, folks, we had some tough technical difficulties, so uh, I had to we had to readjust some things. But anyway, so Ethan, you were telling us about how there are different tournaments from all the way from the huge tournaments like at conventions and whatnot to streaming. Yeah. So with these live stream tournaments and everything, it's the reason that sites like Twitch have blown up. And even with YouTube gaming and everything, all the influencers, all these people that uh, take their, all their stuff and gaming content that they live stream and create you know, on Twitch and YouTube and all these other platforms, they then correlate down to TikTok and they then correlate down to Instagram and Twitter videos and all this type of new media type of ways and everything. Oh, absolutely. In um, fact, actually, I did a little bit of work with an esports team myself for just a few months. Oh, yeah? They were called uh, Six Gear. They're based out of Orlando. Right, yeah. And um, actually, I'm pretty sure that one of the former players on that team is now on Misfits, actually. Awakening. Awakening, yeah. that's right. He's, uh, he's one of our stars in our Call of Duty team. He's for, great. Uh, Mutineers, yeah. And then, I, so I actually went to a Call of Duty tournament in Minneapolis, uh, actually, in January 2020, right before COVID. Mm-hmm. And so... My, it was oh, my first you were the first one? That was like the first COD League like uh, opener. Oh, Wasn't yeah. That the season opener? Yeah, for the Rockers. Yeah, the the Minnesota team? Yeah. Rocker. Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah, they supported the entire thing. I kind of was their video guy, so like I got footage of them playing, you know, made a little bit of a quote-unquote documentary for them. That's so cool. I didn't know that. What? That's so cool. Yeah, I was there, and yeah. uh, it was fun. And I remember, I forgot it was the Atlantic Kings versus the Chicago Huntsmen, I think, and they were like playing and... I remember just us sitting and watching that game going on. The and Atlanta phase, yeah. That's what it is, my uh-huh. bad. And so I just remember it thinking, wow, I've been to Florida Panthers games. I remember hearing the crowd cheer just as big as these guys whenever someone makes a really good kill. Everyone's like blowing up, making noise. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. wow, this is an actual sports arena feel. No, absolutely. Especially with an event like that, that's like huge production with, you know, hundreds of people were in attendance, of course, right? Yeah, in um, fact, um, even though I was not there for them, Anthony Towns Carls, the guy on the Minnesota Timberwolves, what's his name? Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> the, yeah, I got the name mixed up. But yeah, he was there, apparently. He's a big COD guy. I did not know that. He's a big, also, uh, just like FPS guy. Hmm. He's a, yeah, he had his own stream as well, I believe. Nice. And I forgot, but there was also another huge name there, and I was like, dang. These two guys are here. Um, I think it would have, must have been one of the guys from like the Minnesota Vikings or something like that. I don't um, know. I don't remember. One of the teams, yeah. But um, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. If you look at like these types of events, it's not just a bunch of nerds sitting around a table playing games and winning money. It's a spectacle. It's like if you were to go to any basketball game or any football game, it's a huge deal. People enjoy this just as much as any other traditional sports team. You know, look, we've been to Florida Panthers games, you and I. You know, mm-hmm. we've been to Heat games. We've been to all types of games and everything, right? Mm-hmm. We know what it's like at that type of competitive level. But when you're watching a video game and you understand what's going on in the video game, you can really feel and be like, oh, wait, he's going to do this play. He's going to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Or he's, he's going to go around this corner. He's going to be at this corner. He's going to be at this. He's going to make this play. He's going to throw this smoke there. He's going to throw this stun there, a grenade, whatever it is. He's going to kill this guy. And, you know, He's going to slide over here for, exactly. for cover. Yeah. Right. And so just like how we would see, you know, an NBA team or an NHL team, what play they might do mm-hmm. and how they might, you know, use their stick or shoot the ball in this certain you know spot or whatever. Yeah. It's the same feel where you feel connected 
with the players and you feel connected with the team and you really want this team to win. Like, I want all my teams to win. I want our Mayhem team to win. I want our Mutineers team to win. I want our Misfits League of Legends teams to win. I want our Rocket League team to win and everything. I feel, like, really connected. You feel invested. I feel invested. Not just because I work for the company, right? Not just because I work for these teams and I know the players personally and all this stuff, right? You're a fan. But, yeah, I'm also a fan. When I was in, you know, in Boston, we had, you know, the Overwatch League. The Call of Duty League wasn't a thing yet, but the Overwatch League was going on. And you had teams like the Boston Uprising, who I wanted, who I supported and everything. You had your Florida Mayhem. You had your, you know, Dallas Fuel. You had your all your other teams and everything. Mm-hmm. But I specifically wanted to support the local Boston team and the Florida Mayhem team because mm-hmm. I'm from Florida. It's franchising, right? Exactly. So we could talk all day about whether franchising is good or not for esports. Only thing I'll say about it is personally, I think we're better without it. But, you know, that, that that's really just a, another big topic, honestly, that gets a lot of people kind of worked up about how esports industry should look mm-hmm. and everything, especially from like, you know, the money involved and all the investments and all the sponsors and everything, what they want to see, mm-hmm. um, but what the people want to see, you know, that's, that's in my opinion, the most important putting on the best product for the people. As I work in events, I'm saying this, putting on the best product is better than putting on what sponsors want and what investors want and what the higher ups want in my opinion because at the end of the day it's the fans that are giving you their money exactly it's the fans that really drive not just the revenue but drive what the team value and what you know a team is really worth socially well thank you fans all of you i thank all the fans i love the fans always with any event that we do all right so is there anything else that you really love about the esports industry as a whole like what are you some of your favorite facets about the esports industry some of my favorite facets is that i guess just like stars can just appear at any moment it's not like the nba where you have like the g league and it can take years to get recognized and noticed or like going to hollywood becoming an actor and then you know just waiting tables and then finally getting your big break you have your big break the same types of big breaks happen in esports all the time where you can peak in esports at like 17 years old and it can be downhill from there or you could peak at 22 and it can be all downhill from there it's not like you're in your prime at Mm -hmm. a certain age like for example you know lebron's in his prime or any player is in their prime at a given age right you know in the 30s is lebron in his prime i feel like he's kind of not on the downhill he's a little downhill but he's also like he's he's still very oh yeah i'm not debating that at all i'm just saying you know as compared to like a few years ago for example when he was on the heat that I feel like he was playing at a much higher level or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's when he was reaching like his maximum peak. I'd okay. Say. And then I guess like 2016, Braun, when he won for Cleveland, that was probably him entering his prime. What better way to do it than in your hometown? Exactly, with Cleveland. Cleveland, <laughs> this is for this is you! <laughs> so, yeah, you know, with the esports industry, you have a bunch of gamers who just want to play games. They've played games since they've 12, 13 years old, competitively at a high level and everything. And so when you have players, we can pick up any players at any time for any of our teams. For example, you know, look, we picked up Awakening, as we mentioned, because one of our players was like not doing so hot or whatever. And so we put him on the bench. But then from the challenger system, which is like the Call of Duty League's G League or whatever, you know, the second tier. Like the farm team sort the of? farm team, yeah, pretty much. It's not a direct farm team, but okay. it's like a, bun- a group of teams that any pro team can just pick out any player they want, really. Mm-hmm. We picked out Awakening because we saw, or our, I guess our GM and our coach was like, we saw something in this kid that we needed in our team. And it ended up being very good for us because he came in and changed the dynamic and we ended up winning two online majors. Oh, nice. Uh, with him. I think it, maybe it was one. I, I know we picked up another player. We picked up two or three players, and we ended up winning two online major titles, which uh, was still a big deal. Of course. Um, and actually, I remember right after that tournament, I, when I was involved with Sixth Gear, they were talking about you know having to switch up teams because mm-hmm. some players weren't doing as well, or maybe they weren't that receptive at the tournament that we were at. 
Granted, it's not that it's cutthroat per se, but it's just that you have to earn your title. Yeah. You have to earn your stripes. Mm -hmm. I mean, would you rather play in the highest level pro league and leave your old team that, you know, guys that you've played with that are all grinding for the same, you know, thing? Mm -hmm. Or would you rather stay with this team and have the opportunity to go pro, but then say, nah, I don't want to. And stay with this low-level team, still grinding. You know, what are you doing? Everyone has that same common goal of getting to the pros. So that's, you know, with a guy like Awakening, that's what he did. We, you know, we have other guys like Pharaoh uh, mm -hmm. and and Neptune. Pharaoh passed away, uh, you know, about a year ago. But Wait, really? Piece, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, so he was a part of our team. We picked him up, and then a few months later, I believe, leading to the next season, for Call of Duty Cold War, he ended up passing away. Oh, that's horrible. And so, you know, just like any other pro team, mm -hmm. as a team, we have an obligation as the Florida Mutineers brand to be like, yeah, he played on our team, you know, for the last, you know, year of his life or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so we have to honor that. And so a few, I guess, weeks ago, I picked out a special jersey because I also manage like merchandise mm -hmm. as well um, for our office. And I picked out a jersey and this jersey, we uh, got his name like stitched on mm -hmm. um, on the jersey. And it's now hanging up in a plaque in the same room of where our current team plays out of awesome. and where they practice. That's beautiful. Just as like a, memor a memorial thing framed. I love that. And so... I love hearing yeah. stories of how gamers come together, and it's all through gaming. And the best part is some of these people don't even know what they look like in real life. And then when they meet up 10 years later, they're like, I didn't expect you to look like this, but hey, we've been friends. Mm -hmm. You only know like what profile pictures are. And, but yeah. you still have like, they still have the deep felt conversations. Because I feel like originally how gamers were thought of, they were like thought of as the nerds that never left home. And so they kind of, I guess, weren't bullied, but I guess some of them were to the point where they just never were able to make those real human connections mm -hmm. because... Other people are just so downright cruel to them. So I that's another thing about gaming that I just find very beautiful. Yeah. And like, for example, one time I saw a story about how this group of friends, they found out that one of the guys on their team or the people that they played with all the time had cancer. And so they all went out to go see him in real life just to go support him. That's nice. Unfortunately, I don't know what happened to that guy, though, but I hope he made it. Yeah. Still a, good, a nice gesture. Of anything. course. Yeah. I love that you did that for the team. Mm -hmm. um, how young was he when he died? 21? Are you for real? 22? Yeah, no, all of our players are young guys. Um, all of them. True. We, we have young rosters across the board, actually, for Call of Duty and Overwatch. True. We have it's, young rosters. It's just so and weird. And Rocket League as well. I think our, well, the youngest guy we have in our team is, I think, literally 18 years old. Okay. I think we have for Overwatch. Nice. He just turned 18. But, you know, you mentioned the thing about, like, the nerds and the bullying and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that happens as much anymore as it previously did. Which is a great thing. It's a good thing. I think it's because a lot of those quote-unquote bullies are starting to see that, huh, games are actually fun and not nerdy. And yeah. I, I can actually have a good time. And everyone played it. Especially with COVID. Again, COVID was good for my industry. I'm going to say that. I'll say that to the heavens. COVID was good for the esports industry. COVID was good for the online entertainment industry. COVID was good for the influencer industry. Everything that I'm a part of, right? Yeah. It was good in the fact that it really opened everybody's eyes to this, even bullies. You can't go ahead and bully someone in high school for playing a video game. Dude, you play a video game too. What am I going to go do? Party every night? Find a new meeting in life? Yeah. yeah finding something else? No. I'd rather go play 2K with my homies, or I'd rather go play Call of Duty with my friends, or I'd rather play Minecraft with my girlfriend, whatever it is. It's so difficult for me to now visualize a bully bullying someone because of playing video games. That's not life anymore. Yeah. I don't think that happens. I think they might bully people for like posting like, you know, having like a meme account on Instagram. Okay. Or posting some stupid shit on TikTok. Yeah. You can probably bully someone for that, right? Yeah, absolutely. But you can't bully someone for playing video games. Everyone's on that level now. When I was much younger, I remember this back in high school, there was this girl who was a cheerleader on the team and yet she said she loved Xbox. And I go, wait a minute, cheerleaders play Xbox? Now, of course, I think that's pretty stupid, but it's kind of weird because nowadays that's not something that people would give a second guess about. I feel like cheerleaders and a lot of quote-unquote 
hot girls do play video games now. In fact, I have a friend. She's just starting to stream a little bit. If you looked at her, everyone would be like, oh my god. She's perfect in every way. But then now that I think about it, she always posts her Twitch stuff on her profile or her stories. And then also she said that like back in the day, Kingdom Hearts was her shit and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. No, women in, in gaming and women in esports is such a hot topic right now. Not just because of the Activision Blizzard stuff. I was about to say. <laughs> I mean, that's that's its own topic, mm -hmm. but with Misfits, with Misfits Gaming, I honestly think half of our staff in total around the world, we're not just here in Boca, we mm -hmm. have staff in the United Kingdom, we have staff in Germany, we have staff out in Los Angeles and everything. Mm -hmm. I think close to half, if not half, of our workforce is women at high levels, not like they're doing you know menial task work or anything. Mm -hmm. Wow, I've learned so much about the gaming industry in just this talk. But now, switching gears and moving into another part of the show, we actually come to the final portion of any Big DK Energy episode, and it's actually my personal favorite part, the bonus question round. Are you ready, Mr. Schwartz? I am ready. Awesome. And all these questions are completely appropriate. You do not know about them, however, that you will still be hired, if that makes sense, afterwards. I gotta make sure that you eat as well. Okay. <laughs> so that being said, we'll start off with number one. If you were to get dinner with three of your favorite athletes, either regular or esports, who would they be and what kind of food are you getting? I would go for, I'll do a mix. I want Tim the Tatman, who's a YouTube live streamer. I want Ninja, and I would take probably Dwayne Wade. Okay. Probably. I love the food it. we're getting, we're getting barbecue. I love it. Yeah. Wait, what kind of barbecue though? Southern, Korean? Mm, probably Southern. Okay, smart. Yeah. You know, I've never had Korean barbecue. Really? Never. Oh, that's a shame. We need to take you. Yeah. I need to take you. Yeah, let's go. We need to go. Number two. If you wanted to become an eSports athlete and you got to pick any game to play, including ones that don't have any leagues, which one would you pick? Probably Call of Duty. Oh, really? Probably Call of Duty. You know, look, I've played COD for so long. I used to play on controller. Now I play keyboard and mouse. I mean, if I had the opportunity to and there was a thing for it, I would I would push for keyboard and mouse Call of Duty. Okay. Player. Got I would it. push for it. Because, yeah. like, for example, you said, like, oh, Minecraft League because that just exists. But okay, Call of Duty. Yeah, not probably Call of Duty. I feel that. If anything, I'd want to go Total War. That's a different game route, though. Number three, you're allowed to get anyone, anyone as a sponsor or influencer for Misfits Gaming. Who is it, and what are you guys doing to celebrate a win? Oh my gosh, any sponsor. I gotta be careful with this one, because some of the brands that, like, I like mm -hmm. aren't the best, like, that relate with, like, the Misfits, like, brand goals and everything. Of course. Obviously, I would say something like a Nike or something like that, you know, mm -hmm. clothing or, you know, influencers and stuff like that. Man, that's tough. Any sponsor. I would probably do something food related that everybody likes that's easily accessible. Whether it be like a Chipotle. Like a Fresh Kitchen, for example? Yeah. Okay. Something like that. If we could do something like that where it's like a good food sponsor that all of our influencers like, that all of our staff likes, that's local to us, that we could easily create content off of and do things for, I think it'd be something like that. Because everyone loves food. That's an answer that I would not have expected. So, mm -hmm. well done, Mr. Schwartz. Number four. <laughs> If you could live in any gaming universe, what would it be? I feel like it'd have to be GTA. <laughs> I feel like it'd have to be GTA. And you can just pay the bail and just go back to zero stars and just live life normally kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. Drive around some fast cars, got some automatic weaponry, some helicopters, some jets, some flying cars. Sounds like California. Yeah. Oh, wait, actually, no, because you said guns. They don't. Have Sounds like there. a mix of Texas and California. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. What is your dream vacation and your itinerary? Oh, man, I don't go on vacation. I work. Um, dream vacation. I wanted to go to the United Kingdom, but they got some issues. <laughs> I think, like, Australia or, like, New Zealand or something. Okay. I'm interested in, like, that type of stuff. Just being, like, on its own island, and it has, like, still beautiful landscapes and everything. Mm-hmm. 
I'd probably want to do those two things. Number six, what are your personal goals for the esports industry? Personal goals for the esports industry is get all the scammers, all the uh, all the assholes, all the people who cause problems, just get them out. Dump them off side of the road, leave them to be. Get them out. That's a goal. Okay, awesome. Number seven, you have courtside heat tickets. Besides Uncle Andrew and Dina and Jasper, who else are you there with? I'm taking Daniel Corenter. Aww. That's who I'm taking. No one else. My heart. Well, then, in that case, you better take Avi as well, because you know he'll be pissed at you. No, I'll consider taking him. <laughs> it's not a Panther game. Yeah, yeah fair enough. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Any celebrities that you would bring with you? Because, granted, I'm flattered that you would take me, but who else would you take? Holy shit, I'd like to hang out with Drake. Courtside at a Heat game. Jimmy Butler. Kyle Lowry out there, too. I'd hang out with Drake. Right. Right? It's a cool celebrity. He's a gamer, somewhat. He's got a kid, I guess. Who will probably be a gamer, most likely. Exactly. He can't rap like his dad. Not yet. Well, yeah, exactly. He's still a youngin'. Number eight. If you could play 1v1 with any Miami Heat player, current or retired, who is the athlete and what game are you playing? Are we talking like video games? We're talking like video basketball. Games. Who's a gamer on the Heat? Honestly, shit. You know, Miles Myers Leonard was a gamer, and he's not on the Heat no more. I don't think they have any real gamers, but I would probably want to hang with Jimmy Butler. He seems like the coolest guy on the Heat in a long time. <laughs> Other than like Udonis Haslam. Yeah, Obviously, UD is. I mean, he's just a little bit older. I'd hang out with Jimmy, and we'd play fucking I don't know whatever he wants to do. He seems like a cool dude to just sit back. And just talk shit with. Because he'll shit talk. I love shit talk. Oh, I absolutely. love shit talking game. If I played basketball, if I play any traditional sport, if I play, you know, video games. Mm-hmm. I'm one-on-one with someone. I'm shit talking you. So one of my favorite shit talkers in the NBA of all time is actually Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. You see, the thing is that I'm a I'm a respectful kind of guy, but I enjoy seeing that stuff. It's just fun to watch. It mm-hmm. kind of adds to a little bit of the beef and makes the pot stir. Yeah, absolutely. Number nine. I know you're a huge MMA fan. What MMA athlete would you want to bring on as a guest player to any Mitzvits tournament? You know, there's a lot of MMA streamers and stuff that I mentioned, right? For one of the events that I did in November, literally a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. for the Misfits Gaming College Tour, it was an event that I put on. We had uh, Matthew Raywalt, who's actually a, a former WWE guy. Oh, really? Uh, he went by Aiden English. Hmm. And he's a big gamer, and he has his own Twitch stream and everything. So I'd probably want to bring him in because, you know, I went out to dinner with him, and, you know, I invited him personally here, you know, had him fl- fly down and everything to speak on, like, a panel that we had going on. I'd probably bring him. Because he's pretty good at games and everything, but he's also a very good presence, commentator-wise, talking-wise, but also gaming-wise. Probably bring him in. I know he's not like UFC, you know, MMA type of stuff, but in the fighting, you know, universe and everything, I'd probably bring him. He's a cool guy. Okay. I guess that makes sense, too, because they had some kind of, like, not blood sport, per se, but that's still pretty cool to have a WWE guy on your show. fighting, you know? That's right. That type of stuff. Wrestling. Dang, you're actually flying through these questions because we're already at the last question, which is, what is your most best recent accomplishment? Most recent accomplishment is being on this podcast. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> uh, probably the Misfits Gaming College Tour. It's the most recent event I did. And so that was an event where, you know, I had help from the company and everything, but I kind of let it myself and kind of made it the way I wanted it to. In your image. In my Yeah, in my image. And so what that was, what that event was, was a smaller dumbed down version of the College Esports Expo, where it was the same concept where we would have people come in and talk about certain like, esports related things. Except now I brought in people who work directly with the company that I work for being mm-hmm. at a professional level of different things from partnerships to social media, which is a huge thing in esports as well, to just like influencers and broadcasting and shoutcasting, even things like this, podcasting, talking, being comfortable in front of a microphone or in front of a camera, right? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like the point of the event. And so it went flawlessly. 
and we had a lot of people there, and it was just a really good time. It was a free event too, so oh, even it was better, good. yeah. So anybody could attend. Anybody could have attended. Yeah, they RCP. Yeah, so. so that even people who just want to take a gander is like, you know what, I'm just gonna take a look. And next thing you exactly. know, you can convert someone to be an esports fan for life. Exactly, and that's what we did with this event. We wanted to you know expand a little bit locally in the Boca Raton, South Florida region, and we had a lot of interest from a lot of different people. Whether you were Palm Beach County school system, we mm -hmm. had a lot of people from there. We just had other high schoolers that just were like interested and followed our accounts, and were just like, yeah, I want to learn a bit more. Yeah, I'm interested in that. It's a maturity thing as well, where you have people who don't really understand what this business is. Mm -hmm. I wanted this event to kind of enforce some type of feeling where it's like, I get this. I understand this, right? Mm -hmm. And so I accomplished that. And so we as a company accomplished that, which was good. So, Snaps to you, Mr. Schwartz. Wow, even though that, that was a very short question round, those were really solid answers. And I must say, unfortunately, we are at the end of the show. And I just want to say, Ethan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank or you, joining Danny, me. yeah. Of course. And so why I brought you on the show is because not only that you're my cousin, but the fact that you have such passion and drive for an industry that is just starting to blow up. And it's kind of cool to see how you're coming up with the industry as well. And like you're kind of the inside guy on that on everything that is gaming. I mean, you're so knowledgeable. You're so articulate. I'm blown away with what I've learned today. And that is why I think you, Ethan Schwartz, have big DK energy. Oh, he said it. He said the thing. Yes. Yes. So everything's said and done. We're going to, I don't know if you are participating in social media much just personally, but if you want, we're going to put all the social media links in the description to Misfits Gamings, to whatever companies or entities that you want to shout out and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, you can put, you know, Misfits GG, Florida Mutineers, Florida Mayhem. You know, we're all over. We, we have accounts on pretty much everything. Okay, so yeah, I'll definitely put that in the description box. And um, before we head out, is there anything you want to say or promote? Not much, no. Just, you know, look, if you're interested in any type of esports things and, you know, you want to talk to me or even you want, want my consultation on anything, hit me up. I mean, you know, Danny has my number and everything. This is the guy that you want to speak to? Yeah, you can find me, you know, on all my links, uh, Twitter and Instagram I mostly use. Uh, just that Ethan S. Live, Ethan's Live. Um, <laughs> and, and that's pretty much that, yeah. All right, well, that all being said and done... I am Danny Carenter, and this is the Big DK Energy Podcast, signing out.